Last week, uh, you heard from Rick about some of the some of the things that God's been doing in us, and some of the some of the direction that God's been leading. So, uh, what I want to do tonight is just kind of share with you my journey, uh, my journey, uh, what what God's done first and foremost. Uh, I guess to bring Danielle and I here to this place, and what God's done in the time that we've been here and, and just what I see God has for us. Um, and so obviously, I shared last week, um, most of you are here, but I'll just restate it. If you weren't here, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast from last week. But um, Rick shared that uh, really uh, God's led us to uh, aspects of shared leadership, which basically means that no longer do we want to see Rick as the guy, so to speak but that God's led both of us to this place of, of sharing the leadership here at North Church uh, as, as your elders and as your pastors. And so um, what that's going to mean uh, in some context is uh, sharing equally the, the preaching and teaching time uh, during this time. And so um, we'll spell out some of that as, as we move forward. But I want to give you a timeline. I think this is going to be up there. I want to give you a timeline kind of of uh, just really my journey uh, here, our journey here, began um, having conversations with Rick uh, sometime before April 2007 uh, about going to be planting a church, and I uh, wonder if you guys are interested being a part of it, uh, and initially uh, I was like, no, we're, we're much involved in leadership at our church. At the time it was Chatham Bible Church, a place that I grew up where I came to Christ, where I was baptized, where I rose in leadership in the church, where I was discipled and mentored, everything, really all of who I've become is a product of that place. Um, and I was like, no, we're plugged in, we're good. Um, that led to some interesting thoughts in our head as God was directing and, and doing different things. And uh, we began in April of 2007 to discuss the possibilities of leaving that church, um, just for various, various reasons, there were some things that were interesting to us, some possibilities, and so we just began talking about some of those things, Danielle and I did. Um, in, uh, in June of 2007, uh, uh, it was an incredible two weeks, super summer, uh, it's a summer camp for Baptist uh, kids uh, within the convention, and so uh, I was a part of that, I really got to connect with Rick, um, got to kind of understand the heart of what was beginning to happen and the direction it was going regarding North Church. But one of the key elements that kind of God used, which is interesting, he used this, but we didn't end up doing this. Um, part of what drew us away from Chatham to this place was an opportunity to become campus missionaries at University of St. Louis. We'd been very involved with collegiate ministry at Chatham, and, uh, and so God began to lead and direct we saw this opportunity during this week, June uh, 9th through the 23rd, 2007, to possibly become campus missionaries at UMPSL in partnership, in partnership with North Church, um, and that, that was the direction that we kind of, I think North, North Church felt led at the time, and we kind of felt led, and so we're like, huh, this is really interesting. Um, and so um, that, that was a, a really powerful week, it, so powerful that in June, on June 26, 2007, 
um, which I think was like the next Tuesday, uh, I went to uh, the lead pastor at, at Chatham, um, an incredible man there who poured every bit of his life into me. Um, and I said, God's calling us away from here. It was an incredibly difficult conversation. Um, someone I respected so much and just saw great disappointment, um, not simply because he, he wanted us to stick around. And, uh, and so shared with him, here's what God's doing in us. We're going to be leaving. Uh, on August 19th, uh, 2007, uh, we announced, I got up before the church and said, uh, we're going to be leaving. Uh, we're going to be pursuing collegiate campus ministry at University of St. Louis through the uh, Missouri Baptist Convention, the North American Board, and partnering with North Church. And so, uh, you know, most people were like, what God's doing, sorry to hear that you're leaving. Um, and so... We left, and on August 6th, uh, our first official Sunday uh, at North Church, I believe it was over in the St. Louis Metro Baptist Association building over there. Um, through all this process, God's done some incredible things. And so I want to talk for a second about how God's allowed me to see the gospel. Um, it's interesting because my journey, our journey here, uh, speak more for myself, has been uh, filled with a ton, a ton of ups and downs. Some excitements about new church, new, new place, you know, been in the same church for 20 years, my life, all my life. Uh, everything I knew about the Lord really came mostly out of that place, um, and uh, and then all of a sudden, like, something new. And so there was, there's always excitement in, in newness and freshness. Um, but with, with all those joys and all those excitements, there were some incredibly deep valleys. Um, a new place. I'll equally say exciting, but also, like, what in the world's going on? Um, and in the, in the midst of all that, a ton of personal and spiritual warfare. There were times that, that just coming to this place, for me personally, was like the last thing I wanted to do. I did not want to get in the car. And there were, there were times when every single Sunday we'd drive to church, Danielle and I, we're just going to pray. We're going to pray because Satan was just attacking and attacking and attacking. Um, there are times I called Rick and Rick and Jen came over to the house and we're just like, what's, what's going on? Like, this is what we're feeling. Like, what? And so like just a ton of spiritual warfare and a ton of encouragement needed and Knowing one church model for 26 years, um, I came, to, came here and I began to hear things like missional living and began to wonder, like, is that like an okay thing to say? Because um, it's just aspects of church that I'd never known before, never seen. Um, really, uh, what's, what's happened is in the past two and a half years, it's been life-changing for me, and I'd say for us. Um, because of the fact that really what, what has happened in coming to North Church is I've come to see so much freedom, but so much clarity. Um, I was raised in aspects of legalism. And what I, when I say legalism, what I mean by legalism is the fact that rules were made to be the main thing. And the do's and the don'ts were made to be the main thing. Now, that's part of it. 
But if we ever make it the main thing, then, then there's a problem with that. If we ever make it not important, there's also a problem with that. And so I was just surrounded by an intentional thing. And really what happened to me is I began to really exalt my own pursuit of the Lord. And so uh, I put a whole lot of stock in my own self-righteousness, in that I was a really good boy, I didn't rebel, I did what I was supposed to do, okay? To the point that in sin, I judge others. Be like, man, I'm doing good, look at this guy over here, man, he doesn't have a clue, he doesn't get it. And, and I totally, totally missed it. Um, I, I, I missed this idea that acceptance the Lord comes only through the finished work of Christ on the cross. Nothing else. And I never thought once that there's nothing I can do or nothing that makes God love me more or make God love me less. I never got that. I never got the gospel. So when I say I, I began to see the gospel, that, that's, that's what I mean. I never came to grips with Isaiah. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. All of our righteousness are like Filthy rags. And I would have fallen to my death on that. I'm so righteous. I do all this stuff. I'm always at church. Like, I'm beginning to rise up in leadership in the church. Like, like God, God loves me for these things. I missed it. I missed it. But God, in, in the time that we've been here, God has opened my eyes to Colossians 1.22, where it says, uh, He has reconciled you by body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So really what I came to grips with was this. God looks at me. What he sees isn't me. But what he sees is the finished work of Christ that's been accomplished on my behalf and that's been granted to me by sheer grace that God birthed faith into my heart. And so like when it says to present you holy in his sight. And I thought what God saw in me had a whole lot more to do with what I did or didn't do than who Jesus was. I knew the gospel message well. I knew the wrong road. I knew the like two messages. And so the gospel became the ABCs to Christianity and it became a means of justification alone. And then once you come to Christ, then you graduate to bigger and better things like Bible study. Okay? And, and so I, what began to happen in, in my time here is, is I, I began to come to grips with this reality that Romans 11.36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. All things. And so the death, burial, and resurrection Resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, beginning and the end of all things. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that before. That the, the Christian life, that the gospel isn't just a means of justification, isn't just a means of, of a legality issue of making me right with God because God's wrath was appeased through the Christ. But yes, it's that, but it's also sanctification in the Lord, and it's also a means of what one day will happen when I'm glorified and I stand before God, and the only reason I can say you should let me into heaven is by the guy on your right. 
It's what Colossians 2.6 says. As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How, how, did, how did I receive Christ? By a miraculous act of the power of God to take a dead, wicked heart that wanted nothing to do with him and transform it and bring it to life, to remove my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. And to put his spirit within me, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27 says, and cause me to walk in his ways. Miraculous act of God. So that's how I came to Christ. So how do I grow in sanctification? The same exact way. The same way. And so that any involvement that I have here, which is being bumped up a decent amount, this will be be central to everything that we do as a church. Um, I want to talk for a second about uh, graduated with a biblical studies degree. And so I always knew that I'd be in ministry, uh, full-time vocational ministry. I, kn- I knew that was what God was calling me to. He called me to that the day before he gave the woman who would do it with me. Um, and so uh, I never knew the context, though. For the past five years, the context has been teaching and leading out spiritual development at this Christian school, um, North County Christian. Um, that, that's been the context of it. Um, and so for the past several years, what God's been doing in me in the midst of some incredible ministry here at this school is he's been giving me this, this really eager desire, passion, and love for the church. Um, uh, in, in the midst of that, it's weird because I always thought that being a pastor sounded cool, which is just dumb. But, uh, but there were aspects to it that I honestly wanted nothing to do with, okay? And so, you know, I grew up in a church, what Rick mentioned, I grew up in a church that had this senior pastor, youth pastor model, but they, I mean, they're elder-led, and so, um, but really what the church was a, a senior pastor and youth pastor, and so they kind of did a lot of stuff. And, like, there are two incredible men uh, that just I love and respect and I will till the day I die. And so, really, I wanted nothing to do with the responsibilities that they had. I was like, I don't want to be a senior pastor and I don't want to be a guy. So, like, I was like, well, what's going on? I got to be a college guy. So, like, there's aspects to, like, what I called that I just was like, pick and choose what I want to do, and I'll formulate my own job description, and then we'll go from there. And, uh, like, God's really changed that in me a ton uh, over the past, really, uh, I'd say a year, um, using a call to collegiate ministry at Umsel to bring it here to come to find out that that's not what he wanted us to do at all. Um, it's interesting sometimes how God works in those ways. And, man, who knows, maybe God will lead us there, uh, us as a church, to begin to pour out at, at colleges all over here. Um, there, there's a powerful day on April 26, 2008, when the, when the Lord just messed me up. There's one night in the midst of us trying to figure out what in the world God was doing. Uh, I had resigned from NCCS. 
Um, by the way, I think I've resigned from NCCS like two or three times. Um, I had resigned from NCCS, and I was trying to figure out, what are we doing? We're going to be a part of UMPSL, but nothing was progressing there. And so I was just confused. And so I just came to my office here, and like, if I could ever say I've heard from the Lord in like a way that you could just you couldn't deny it, it was this day. I have like seven pages of unbelievably clear stuff um, that I that I go back to a lot just to say, God, what are you doing? Um, and really, what He showed me in that night, in those couple hours, I was just on my face. Is that hey, what I'm doing in you is, is I'm I'm creating a shepherd's heart, a pastor's heart in you. And I was just like. Okay, uh, all right, um, I, yeah, sure, let's go. Um, my eyes for this place began to change, um, and I, I began to see, I just began, God just began to do incredible things in, in how I viewed what the church is and isn't. Um, how I viewed relationships, how I viewed sin, how I viewed my own sin. Um, God just began to show me some, some of these incredible things um, to the point where I began to, to like, where I can't deny what God's doing in drawing me here to rise up in leadership in the way that he's calling me to. Like for me, what I've come to grips with is that it's a matter of obedience. Plain and simple. It's a matter of obedience. So I want you to hear that. Because it's really, there's really an interesting thing here for me to stand up before Rick is just, you know, as what you would say, your pastor is just last week. And for me to get excited. <laughs> for me, it's, it's a matter of obedience. This is what God's doing. And so there's a lot that I'm like, uh, I don't know. And God's like, yeah, this is, this is what I got for you. Um, and what's been incredibly interesting and incredibly comforting in the midst of all of this is this. Um, Rick mentioned we've had some unbelievably hard conversations. Um, some, you know, we've said things to each other that you'd never want to say to somebody, but at the end of the day, you're like, that, that was good. That was good. Um, and... Uh, so in the midst of all this, what's been incredibly clarifying for me is Daniel. Because we don't see, see things alike. We think very differently. And so the majority of the time we're having conversation, um, this has been one of the most frustrating, but one of the best things for our marriage is the majority of the time we have a conversation, she always sees the other side. Man, early on in the marriage, I hated that. I always said, why, 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 don't, you always, why don't you ever take my side? You always take side. You're never for me. Like, we had funny discussions and arguments about that. Early on. But, um, but she, she, she sees the other side, which is, which is awesome. Um, I might say it differently later, but right now it's, it's awesome. Um, and so, in the midst of this, as, as I'm like, babe, here's what I hear God saying. Here's what I hear God doing. Like, what do you think? Her response was simply, And, and there were times I'm like, uh, hold up. Really? I was expecting a ton of pushback. She's like, no, this is, 
is it. It, it makes sense. This is what God has. So, um, well, I just want to talk in just the last couple minutes about the future of North Church. Um, some, some things that I see and some challenges I want to give to us as a church. Um, let me just say this. I'm really excited about what's ahead. Since April of seven, uh, some incredible things have happened in our three-year existence. Some incredible things have happened. God's done awesome things in many of your lives. And so in no way, and I will reiterate what Rick said, in no way does anything that's happened in the past been a failure or been bad. I mean, there's been aspects of like, and eh, this probably wasn't so good, but, but I mean, God's been in it, and God's been orchestrating it. Um, and God's been preparing us for what I believe some incredible things that he has. Um, but I, I'll say this, there's a ton to do. There's a ton to do. Um, and uh, it's scary. Uh, I'm beginning to write out lists of like, here's what we need to do. We need to look at this, we need to look at this, we need to look at this. Um, it's, it's, it's scary. There's, there's a lot to do. Uh, we're going to, after our mark series, uh, which is coming to an end in, in a few weeks, we're going to begin a series on the church. And here's the purpose of this series. Um, we're going to begin to say, what does, it, what does the Bible say about what it means to biblically faithful, gospel-centered New Testament church? And uh, I think uh, we're going to begin to honestly evaluate who we are. And I think we're going to see three things. First of all, we're going to see uh, areas that we're faithful. And there's not necessarily going to need to be a ton of alteration, a ton of change. Um, but areas, you know, I think our, our, how community-driven we are and how for one another we are is just incredible. Um, and so we're going to see areas where we're doing things really, really well. We're also going to see areas that are, that are decent. There's going to need to be some change, some alteration, some things like that. But um, overall, they're, they're all right. Um, and then finally, we're going to see areas that are really weak are really non-existent. Um, and, and one of those, which is one of my primary tasks, is what does it look like for us to begin to take what we have here in this very community-focused, community, gospel community, and begin to engage outward um, and begin to pour into our city. Um, uh, as we go forward, here, here's what this church series, here, here's my hope and my desire for it, is that as we look at different aspects of what it means to be a church, that we, and, say we, and I'll, I'll say it starts on the leadership level, that we begin to honestly say, man, here's where we're just not doing what we're supposed to at all. Okay? And, and just so you know, it's not just all of a sudden going to change. But what I want to do is say, Biblically, here's what, who we're supposed to be, okay? Here's where we are. And then begin to say, okay, what does this look like? What are the, some of it might be year-long processes, all right? Like, but what does it take to get who we are to where God's calling us to be, okay? And, and so, and, and it's with, with us, you know, and, and how we're leading out in these things. Um, and so, I, I hope you know that this isn't a perfect place. You, you will never 
be a part of a perfect church. And so if, if you want this place to be perfect, um, then you can leave. <laughs> because it's never going to be. Like, I say that in love, but, I mean, we will never be a perfect church. Um, we're going to make mistakes. Going forward, I'm going to make mistakes. Like, that's going to happen. But what I want to do, what we want to do is we want to be honest and open and own up to, to mistakes that we have made, mistakes that happen, um, and we want to walk, we want to push forward with things like that and, and never feel like, hey, we have it all figured out. Because um, we're going to find out that there's aspects of things that we don't, we don't have figured out. But God's given us a spirit, so obviously we, we can get there. I want to close with five questions. Five questions for us to begin to ask. And, and I've, I've put these in a, the plural sense, and here's why I've done this. Um, I, I want you to ask these to yourself specifically, okay? Um, but, but I want even more than that for us to say, as a body, will we embrace this, okay? And, and even more than that, I want to put a meat right here, and I'm going to look into it when I say every question. And I want to own it for myself, okay? Um, number one, Will we take God at his word? Will we take God at his word? Here's what I mean by this. What if... And I think we'll always begin here on this. but, But what if we truly and honestly believed that the gospel was not only the hope that we have and the hope that we stand in and the hope that we celebrate week in and week out, but what if we honestly came to grips with the gospel is the hope for our families and for our friends and for our community and for our world? Like, what if we truly took God at his word that what we need is Christ? There's, there's so much of, of, of this idea of what it means to know Christ and, and make him known um, has everything to do with us embracing the gospel for ourselves, but, but never to make that an idol. Um, never. And so to begin to fearlessly and ferociously engage our community with the gospel. And so we're going to begin to say, what does that look like? How do we begin to take you at your word and say that who you are and what you say that you are and what you say that you will prom or what you promise like is what will happen? Because there's two passages. Uh, you're familiar with Acts 2. Uh, what a lot of people would say is the model for the You know, these guys in Acts 2, they were devoted to fellowship, breaking bread and prayer they were together all the time, had all things in common, and said they sold their possessions, they, they gave to one another, they did all these things. And I think that there's a lot of aspects of Acts 2 that really describe who we are. Okay? But also what I see in Acts 2 is this element that says that he added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And I just, like, like what I want to know, God, is like, what can we begin doing not so we can be a church that just recognizes people being saved, but so that people can know Christ. But also in John 17, uh, 
through 23. Here's what it says. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's praying, Jesus is praying for us in the Garden of Gethsemane before he dies. 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love me even as, and love them even as you love me. So what, what this is saying is that, that the unity and, and the closeness that we have that stems from the, the perfect unity and community that, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all possess, okay, that that unity really, is, as Francis Schaeffer says, is the final, Christian community is the final apologetic. Okay? And so what does it look like for us to take this incredibly deep-rooted community that we have and begin to allow that to transform our world? And so, man, and, and, and what's interesting is, like, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> like, that, so that they may know me. That's what it, that's what it says. So how do we begin to take God at his word in that and become that? Question two, will we serve in our gifting? Uh, We will not be a church that's consumeristic. You know, I think there's times when you have to consume. There's times when we're at places spiritually where consuming Drawing from it, it's, it's necessary. Okay, but just to come to this place and sit. Okay, um, man, some of you, you've poured so much of your energy into what, what you've been called to do here. Some of you have never been asked to do anything. And so, like, I'll just tell you, going forward, like, man, we're going to look at some of that. And we're going to begin to say, man, how gifted us? What are some of the giftings that we have? And how do we begin to plug in and begin to walk out Really, who God's called us to be in the community of believers that he's called us to, to fellowship in. And so, man, I, I just, I, I pray that you'd go away in some aspects today and begin praying, God, how have you gifted me to serve at North Church? How have you gifted me to serve at North Church? And some of you, I might walk up to you and say, here's what I see. Rick might walk up to you and say, here's what I see. But some of you, I might say, I don't know. Like, what is God calling you to do here? Maybe we come up with a fancy little survey that you'll check these boxes and we'll put it into a little thing and it'll plug out and Rick's shaking his head. Um, well, I might trump it. No, we got we gotta... to... <laughs> um, so, will we serve in our gift? Uh, three, will we give up what's comfortable? This place has become very comfortable. Very comfortable. Let me give you one scenario just to illustrate what I mean by this. Um, our community groups have grown very deep, very close, um, and become very uh, fun, I think, for mine. Uh, something I look forward to every week. Um, my hope and my prayer is that there comes a day when we need another community group to start. Right? So no longer, you know, for the life of our church, not just have two community groups. 
right? Okay. Um, that would insinuate growth and like, you know, good things happening and growth like America would say. Um, and so what that means? It means like there's going to be somebody that we're going to ask to pray about leading a group. And so we're going to ask and join another group. Like, that's going to be hard. Okay? I mean, there's going to be things like this that as we pray about, God, what does it look like for us to move forward with what you're calling us to move forward with, to be biblically faithful? Things that we've really come become comfortable with and we really love that God's going to say, okay, that was a great season. Here's what's happening. We're going to unplug here. We're going to move here. And I think as we Man, as, as God moves us forward, like this is going to come back over and over and over again. There's going to be things we get comfortable with, we, we get in a niche with, and then God's going to say, okay, that was a season. Of, now we're going to move on. Will we give up what's comfortable? Number four, will we be a praying church? Will we be a praying church? Everything hinges on this. If, if we want to be a people that takes God at his word and really comes to grasp and believe that the answer to everything is, is Christ and to begin to go out and say the answer to, to everything is Christ, okay? But to begin to grasp that for ourselves, like, man, like we need a move of God's Spirit to accomplish these things in our hearts and in our lives. I mean, there's aspects to what I see God calling us to that I'll just be honest, as a leader, I'm like, God, how? And you know what you're telling me? I've put my Spirit within you to cause you to walk in my ways. That the way we came to Christ is the same way we walk in Him even in being, doing and being the church. And so, will we pray? And I'm talking about a lot. Will we just get rug burn on our knees, so to speak? Because we are just desperate for God's move here. And uh, what starts here begins to channel out there. And lastly, will we see the gospel, embrace it, and live on mission with it? Will we see the gospel? Man, I pray that every day you see the gospel. You see the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. To bring you into right relationship with your Father for his glory and your joy. And that every day you see it and you embrace it. But I'll be honest, most of my life has been defined by those two things. And very little of my life has been defined by, we're going to go live on mission with it. In how I raise my, my kids, in how I lead my wife, in how I go to my job, and how I hang out with guys and girls and friends at, at night or whenever, in everything that I do, the gospel is going to be central. I'm, I'm really excited.
about what God has for us. And, uh, man, we need to pray a lot. Because there's going to be some tough things moving forward. Some tough things. And so, and I'll just plead with you, pray for us. When I say us, I mean Rick and I also mean us. Um, Pray for one another. Um, And, man, who knows what God has for us. But, man, I'm just a firm believer in if we will just say yes, Lord. And if we will just say, okay, Lord, what does obedience look like? And then come to the recognition that God always honors obedience. Man, we'll just see what he does. We'll just see what he does. Let me pray. You are everything. Just stand here in this place. And God, sometimes I wonder what will North Church look like in, in a year? in two years, in ten years. But God, more importantly than that, I want to ask, what do you call What aspects of obedience and embracing the gospel and living out the gospel are you calling me to right here and right now? In those steps, those small steps of obedience, God, you will build your church. take you at your word. God, would you birth the faith in us that will enable us to take you at your word? Because we do not have what it takes. We are doubters. God, we want ourselves more than we want you. God, break us. God, would you do something in and through us for the sake of your name? We pray for your beautiful name. Amen.